Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Gunnerstown Pub. Uh, you're joining James. Hi, James. Hello, mate. Hi, How are you doing tonight? And Mervyn. <laughs> good evening, guys. And Mark. <laughs> What's your Paul? Deja vu. For the, um, for the Deja Vu version of um, the post-match podcast, and we just watch, yeah, a fairly tight game, Arsenal draw to Manchester United at the Emirates. Um, and was, um, yeah, it was an interesting game. I'm sure there's enough to talk about. Um, we had a bit of a false start. We're going to start again, um, Mark. We had some uh, injury news just before um, kickoff. And um, how, how did that, you want to just talk us through that? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, when when uh, it came out that Saka was out of the team, I mean, that was a big surprise because there was nothing nothing to to say that that was going to happen. Uh, T and E uh, failed a fitness test yesterday, which is not a massive surprise at the moment. And obviously, Aubameyang, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be expecting to have seen him back today. But still, the three players out, uh, I think, meant a lot of people uh, sort of were were quite despondent. You know, United have got basically their full team out, not really missing anyone. So, uh, you know, I think, I think people were, were thinking we were going to be up against it. Um, and, and I think the game, the game showed really that, that missing those three players was probably the difference between the draw that we got and, uh, and winning it. Um, you know, in my mind, if, if, I think if we'd have had Saka uh, and Tierney, uh, I, think, I think we'd have won that game. Um, you know, I just think they would have made the difference that, that, that was needed um, and we'd have, we'd have got it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, despite those, um, you know, key players not being in the team, um, when you looked at the the team sheet, um, it, it still felt like we had maybe enough to 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 do something, you know, to pull a result um, in this. James, did you feel that? I mean, I felt quite comfortable with how they performed. You know, these guys um, without Aubameyang, yeah. without Tierney before you know yeah I mean I looked at the team sheet and um to be honest I've got to disagree with me I don't think we had quite enough there to to get a win from this game I know United went into this off the back of that awful result at home just with United but I still think they're a really really dangerous side and if anything that gave them more of an incentive to really go gung-ho in this match and when I looked at the team that we put out I just think we were missing too many players in too many key positions and players that have just been so crucial to the way we played I think it's all right when you're playing the likes of Southampton. But even then, we have Saka available, who is such a difference maker in the final third of the pitch for us. And just taking him out. I thought Pepe did very, very well, very, very well on the right-hand side. Um, I thought Martinelli, you're, you're still seeing a player that's still getting up to the top speed of his game. Then, of course, we even lost him at half-time. So it was it was really not smooth sailing for us. But I thought the group of players that, that were out there, even though they're not our first choice 11, I, you know, I've still got to take my hats off to them. I thought they did really, really well. Even William did all right when he came on in the second half. Um, which speaks absolute volumes. But um, I think, you, you, like Mark says, you bring Tierney, you bring Saka, even Aubameyang into that side and got a very good chance of winning that game. They're, they're three hugely important players. It's the equivalent of taking Son Kane and Aurier or Davis out of Spurs. It's the equivalent of taking Mane, Salah and Robertson out of Liverpool. I mean, that, that's how important these players are to us. And when you put it in those terms and in that perspective, I think we've done very well to get a point tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um... And we had our chances, um, which I'm sure we can get to a little bit later. Um, but I think a lot of this performance was built on the fact that um, there was a really solid defence again. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen Suarez has 
has put in a couple of great performances. Um, Louise, when he's good, can be great. Um, Merv, what did you think um, about our defence in general? Let's start. I thought the defence was solid. I thought they were put on quite a bit of pressure. Uh, United get men in and around the box. They like to um, they they like to hit the deck in and around the box. Um, invite tackles that that, that might in, encourage them to hit the deck. Should we say? Um, and I felt we handled it well. Uh, I was a little bit concerned. I think that Martinelli, I'm not sure how on the pace he was. I was pleased he was there, obviously having Osaka, Tierney. Um, but I'm not sure that he's completely uh, kind of match match fit at the moment. A um, couple of times coming back, uh, defending, helping out. Uh, he maybe didn't make the best decision. But again, he could spring a quick counter. So I, I can see the point. Um, I think Suarez played well. Um I think uh, holding is, is you know, game after game being fairly solid. I know that he divides opinion on the uh, Arsenal Twitter threads, but but I think he's been relatively solid. And Louise had a good game. I mean, I know that Neville made him man of the match uh, and he did step step in at a few crucial times. Um, and I felt that he, he leads the line. He's he, He's got the experience to kind of, you know, he gives confidence. And Leno when he was called on, made an excellent save. So I think defensively, given that United have been winning games uh, with, with, you know, just one or two goals that, 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 that may be coming late in games and stuff, I felt that, that they did well not to concede any, any uh, fouls that might encourage uh, Oliver to, to yeah, give a penalty, uh, free kick on the edge of the box. And I think, you know, bar the one or two scrapes we had, a bit of luck with, I think it was quite sound. And they were yeah. helping to kind of move the ball out quickly. And, and Leno, you know, um, put in a couple of decent saves, you know, kind of goal-saving mm. things. And speaking of Martinelli, I mean, Martinelli had two crucial um, defensive, um, what would you call them, interventions. Yeah. One that I thought was really funny because Rashford had literally like he... The leg was wound up back here and he was all ready to release it. Yeah. And, uh, the next thing that the ball was gone uh, under a you know Brazilian cloud and a blur. Um, Mark, do you have anything to um, say about uh, Leno's performance tonight, today and, and in general? Well, in general, he's been one of our best players of the season. You know, he's not made uh, he's not made many mistakes. Uh, when we went through the dodgy patch, I think maybe uh, he, he he struggled a little bit because the whole team was struggling, uh, and certainly the defence was in front of him. But um, you know, we've been a lot more solid of late, and when he's had to do something, he's he's done it without a doubt. You know, he 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 makes some great saves. Uh, you know, the one that the one that he he did from uh, Fred that was a fantastic. Uh, leap to get his arms out to, to, to reach that. And um, I think he did really well with the one where Rashford had the ball and uh, he came out and made it really, really difficult for Rashford to do anything in, in the box. And they had to sort of go back to the edge then. So Leno's been, um, Leno's without a doubt been one of our better players this season. And I've got absolutely no concerns about him being our number one at the moment. He's, 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 he's in my t opinion, he's more than enough to be the goalkeeper for a team that wants to challenge for top four and, and further. Right. Um, which is a good thing because um, if he'd been injured, apparently Matt Ryan was also um, injured and he wasn't available. So um, it's been a crazy week. You know, just just as a side um, kind of um, thread chat, um, 
you know, when you look at the table and I mean, it was, it's, it's starting to resolve itself a little bit, but you know, in the last week or two, it's been quite frustrating because this team's played 20, this team's played 16, this has got like, you know, 18, these two have played 19, you know, um, there've been all these let-offs and, and these reschedulings, um, you know, because of teams, you know, unable to, you know, um, field a full team or whatever, a reduced squad because of COVID. And then I thought of today where we've had like five or six injuries and, you know, in, a, in the last few days, you know, that have, have basically stopped us from being able to field our best team. It's kind of weird. I, I almost feel like, um, almost feel like if you can't field a team, then you should forfeit the game. You know, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Is that a bit harsh, James? What do you think? You know, um, these teams being given, you know, given time, like City, Villa, you know, oh, we've got two players with COVID and therefore we, we're given like a, um, you know, a rain check. You know, play you at a more opportune moment. Is it? Is it just because of the pandemic? Am I being? Am I, am I being stupid? No, oh, no, I don't think being stupid at all, mate. I just think it's, it's such a tough call for whoever has to make those decisions to make. Really, I mean, you look back to that FA Cup game, Villa against Liverpool, where Villa, you know, the whole team went down a bit, and then they had to field their kids. Um, I wish, you know, there there was a way. If, if teams had, say, five or more cases within the camp, then you know, you get to play that fixture at a later date, but. It's just such a difficult to make. We've already started the season. Like, we're trying to cram so many games in. I think if they started doing that, from their point of view, the logic would be there'd be such a backlog of fixtures, the season could end up going on forever. So no, I totally see your point, but I just think it's just, um, I can't see it happening in the minute. <laughs> um, uh, Merv mentioned a little bit earlier about um, you know their, their tendency to want to dive, and you know, they did. I mean, let's face it, they, di- they dove, dived, they di- dove a lot. Um, in the game, but um, there were some interesting moments, some heated moments in the beginning with, you know, a flailing arm, I think, called Fernandez, Shaka's hand, and Fernandez, you know, got his little rat face on and he got all offended. And, um, you know, he was running around, he had the red mist, and then he scraped his uh, boot down the back of Shaka's Achilles, which they then watched on VAR and decided it wasn't worth looking at. Merv, do you have anything to say about it? it, it yeah, I don't want to say VAR is biased or anything, um, but but no, it, no, God forbid. It, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah VAR can't. It's technology. It, it it's the humans behind it. Um, I just think that Jaka kind of yeah. Had it been Jaka doing it on Fernandez, I mean, you would have seen a lot more made of it. I think the reaction is a bit like Smith Rowe in the Newcastle Cup game, where uh, the referee was possibly swung by the player's reaction on that uh, tackle as opposed to anything else. And I think Jacker, for all his faults, he often doesn't like to be, he doesn't like it shown when he's, he's been hurt. Um, and I think it would have been very easy for him. And I think there are one or two players around the league who would have made a lot, lot more of that. And whether. That swayed VAR. I don't know. I mean, the people interpreting it are human, so you know, it, it, it's. I mean, get, get, spinning on to the second half, uh, Maguire on Lacazette uh, with the free kick on the edge of the box where we nearly scored. Um, I just feel holding on Louise would have had a card for that. Yeah, no, it did feel like um, you know, even when they show replays, I don't know what it is. Like the commentators, you can. I mean, it happened in the, in the Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, was it Liverpool against um, United recently, like a couple of days ago? And I think um, 
I think there was a there was a pass to Firmino on the halfway line, and I think oh, it was Tottenham Liverpool, and Dyer was holding um, Firmino back. Yes, and the ball bounced off Dyer's arm, and Dyer was oh. literally holding Firmino like he was like a, some kind of rucksack. Hmm. It hit his arm, and then it hit Firmino's arm, and then it went into some other another player, and then to another player, and then a, a great through ball, and Salah went in and, and, and ended up you know scoring a fantastic goal. And they took it back there and they watched this thing 40 or 50 times, you know, it seemed like on TV. And, and somehow they only saw the one handball, which was the second one, which, which made the goal disallowed. And there's moments like that that you just, you just have to scratch your head and go, you know, what are these people seeing? But I'm um, talking, you know, talking about um, those kind of incidents. There was an, um, an incident, obviously, late in the game, I think in the 90, around the 90th minute, where Maguire. Um, Maguire and Lacazette had a coming together, Mark. Um, yeah. This, 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 yeah, this is a problem, I think, in the Premier League. And we're going to see somebody, you know, with a broken neck. Or, you know, do you want to talk us through that incident? Well, I think it's been it's been a fairly big talking point all season because of, uh, particularly for us. I mean, because it, it's Harry Kane's trademark move that he does, where he he makes no attempt to to win the ball, but makes sure he gets his back in and and knocks the player who then attempts to go for the ball, come down really badly. And someone is going to dislocate a shoulder or, 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 or something like that um, from one of these. Because, you know, these players are coming down from from fair height onto pitches that, particularly in the winter, as, as, as they said on Sky, they're not as soft as they were in the old days when they'd have been a bit muddy. You know, these pitches are still fairly solid. So someone is going to really hurt themselves and they need to get on top of it. But of course, you know, on one hand, we're, we're a bit more obsessed about it because we're Arsenal fans and, and predominantly we all despise Kane. Um, and on, on, on the other end of it, like, you know, they, they, Kane is, is the golden boy of English football. So therefore, you know, maybe they don't, they're not going to talk about it and, and, uh, because, because he's the main person doing it. But they will need to look at it. I mean, you see how they react to other things. So, the, you know, uh, the concussion sub, they reacted pretty quickly. The... Um, what was it the other day that the, the uh, offside, the forward coming back from offside uh, in the Man City game? You know, they've then brought out some new guidance on that. So they can react to these things quickly, but they've just got to be, you know, actually be bothered to do it. And they have to do something about it because you saw today that, um, I mean, you know, in fairness, Lacazette did it to Pogba just a few minutes earlier. Lacazette did exactly the same thing to Pogba. Yeah. Pogba yeah. came down. Um, and then, you know, Harry Maguire did, did, did virtually the same thing, slightly different, but virtually the same thing to, to Lacazette. And Lacazette looked like he, you know, he, he, he took quite a, quite a bad landing. And yeah, it was the 93rd minute, which is, makes it a bit easier. But if that was, you know, the 33rd minute, you've you got to play an hour w- without your, uh, your, your first choice centre forward. So it, it's, a, it's a poor challenge, you know. And it, it's one of them ones where you sort of think the professionals and the ex-pros should actually be saying more about it. Because they know it's poor, they know that that's a that's a cowardly thing to do. So the people like Neville and Carragher and all that should be calling it out, and then putting the pressure on to get something done about it before someone gets hurt. Right. Um, you saw Kane kind of got his comeuppance because it, it backfired on him when he tried it on on Jordan Henderson. I think in that same match, um, he tried to back into him, and Henderson <laughs> didn't fall for it, and I think Kane ended up falling on on his own legs and maybe out for a little while, which you know, shame. So sorry for yeah, him. Not, real, real uh, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was so sad. Um, so yeah, so um, Lacazette, obviously, the other he got medical attention, and 
and then he came off and then Eddie came on. I just, um, I was wondering during the game, James, um, did you feel like Arteta was a bit slow in making the changes that he did? I think the first one with Martin Odegaard, I mean, William came on in halftime. I'm not sure exactly what Martinelli's, um, what the reason he was off, I, I missed that. Um, and then, um, so William came on, Odegaard came on around 83rd minutes and Eddie came on with like a minute and a half or two minutes to go. Um, what did you think of Arteta's um, substitution timings and choices and, um, for today? Yeah, I just thought they were, uh, I mean, he didn't have much choice, did he? I'm <laughs> looking at that, that, that bench we had, it's the only real one you were looking at with any sort of inspiration with Erdgaard apart from that. I mean, you got William who, who like I said previously, came on and put a shift in. I thought it was probably his best performance since the game against Fulham. Like I say, it's not saying much, but, you know, he had that opportunity to score, which I'm sure we'll get onto later. And he did create a very good chance of which on another day could have gone in. And uh, I, thought he, I thought he worked harder than he has done in previous games, which has been the real um, talking point of his criticism lately. And he, he definitely did seem to work a bit harder for me. But um, that was a change we were forced into. Erdegaard, I'd like to have seen him come on a bit earlier. I just don't think things were clicking for um, Smith-Rowe today. I thought he did some very good things. He makes the game look seamless at times. Very, very silky player. But his final ball just wasn't there. Maybe Erdegaard coming in in the 60th or the 70th minute would have given us something just a bit different. And Nketiah, again, is just another one that was forced, unfortunately. Um, I thought it looked lively for the three minutes he was on. Um, but again, you know, can't really judge him too much on, on the minutes he did have. But yeah, like I say, uh, not too much to choose from, unfortunately. Right. So, William, um, after 12 minutes or so, he looked like, you know, he looked like he'd fallen ill with something. McTominay had that. I wasn't sure what it was. It looked, it looked pretty green. <laughs> Um, I thought maybe William had got it from him, but I, I don't think that's possible. But um, yeah, William looked better after he, he got sick, funny enough. He seemed, to have found, he seemed to have found a different gear. But, um, you know, I think, you know, we spoke last time, at least we were, we were together, Merv. We spoke about um, Erdegaard. He was, about, he was about to be signed. I don't think he'd been signed yet. But we were also talking about how Arsenal seemed to have found these small um, pods of, of people that were connecting and being quite effective. And obviously Saka was quite a central part of that attacking pod. And Tierney and Aubameyang had kind of formed, you know, something like that on the left. Um, do you think, from what I saw when Odegaard came on, it looks like he he might add like another... I liked seeing him with Smith-Rowe. I liked seeing him on, on the field. I'd love to see him f forming those little, um, you know, those little micro parts, you know, like, a, you know, what's the word for it? I'm, I've lost my language. Today. <laughs> um, do you want to, do you want to talk about Erdogan? Yeah, and his, you know, his um, yeah I, um, <laughs> firstly, I think um, now I'm on this part, I start making notes on my phone during the game. Uh, uh, one of the things that I, uh, early on, I felt that the same about Smith Rowe wasn't quite um, his, his usual self. I think those kind of little passing triangles, those partnerships weren't there. I think he's got a good one with Saka. I think they kind of understand each other. And I think um, with Martinelli, he's obviously building that up. I think that, I mean, one of the things that, that, that I was disappointed with is that, you know, uh, after Juan Bissaka was booked, and yeah, it's, it's a tactical game. Um, I felt that maybe if they could swap Pepe and Willian, you know, there was a there was a second yellow there for the making, um, and possibly you know if if Saka was on, if 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 um, Martinelli had stayed on, you know, they could have given 
Ram Bissaka a choice. I know William got uh, a free kick on the edge of the box off of him, but but yeah, if we're going to be tactical, there, there was possibly the opportunity to run at him a lot more. Um, I think that uh, Emil Smith Rowe wasn't quite an, as we have seen him, and and that's going to happen. He's a young player. We don't know how how fit he was. He took a knock the other night, um, but I think he still looks class when he gets the ball. When he you know he's he looks up, um, he's looking to to pick a pass. And I think, you know, that's that's important. Um, I think Odegaard, we obviously didn't see a lot. And I wondered if there was a bit of reticence on Arteta's part to, to not wanting to give him too too long uh, because he's only really been in training for a day, day and a half. Uh, so maybe, you know, if they, he'd have brought him on with half an hour, 40 minutes to go, it might have exposed him a bit. He's not played a lot of football recently. So I thought like a 10-minute 10, 10 kind of, you know, introduction to the Premier League and, and this is a, a game against the top side. Uh, I thought it worked well. He looked very neat. He looked very comfortable. Um, I think that uh, he, he looked like somebody who is going to be able to link well with Tierney, with, with Saka, with Aubameyang, with Smithrow. Um, and Pepe, hopefully, who may be, again, he wasn't, there was an improvement, of course, at Southampton. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he was there tonight a couple of times. He maybe should have turned one way, but he didn't. He went the other way. But I think that there seems to be a bit more confidence coming to his play. Right. But I think on on the left side, left to middle side, um, we're looking much more positive. Uh, and, and I'm old enough to go back to uh, the late 70s with the old Terry Neal. Everybody knows we're a left-sided team. I don't think we're quite going there yet. But um, I think that the, obviously the left-hand side, particularly with with Tierney, with Saka, with Aubameyang, with, uh, might be where we're quite fruit, fruitful in future. One thing I must say, which is nothing to do with this, but about the final uh, substitution with uh, Lacazette and, and Katia, is they put the board up with nine and thirty, um, and I was watching it with my son and and, and my wife, and her first reaction was, "Oh, I thought this game was nearly over." One and a half minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> used to seeing the board going up for kind of how much injury time there is. Um, so uh, I had to get that in. I'm sorry. She'll never listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, it was interesting what you're saying about one Bissaka, you know, being on the yellow and under pressure. And, you know, and another reason to maybe put Pepe on that side, at least yeah. I would have liked to have seen him there in this game, is that he played, I mean, when he was playing off the left, um, in the last game, he seemed really effective. It made him quicker. Um, he didn't mm. take, you know, he seemed to just, he seemed to be snappier and a lot sharper yeah. on the left. And and so your comment about the, the left getting stronger with Aubameyang and Tierney and Saka, I mean, Saka's also been so effective on the right. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think both sides are starting to, you know, I think we've got more yeah. options being presented, which which is good. Um, Mark, I think the, there, there was a point, sorry to jump in again, it's not yeah, no worries. There was a point I saw somebody make on Twitter, and I can't remember who, um, about uh, Suarez and Pepe. Was it in the cup game against Southampton or, or the game before that? With Bellerin wasn't there. Suarez played on the right. Yeah, the right. He, he keeps, he hugs the touchline a lot more than Bellerin, which gives Pepe more license to move inside. Right. Yeah, no, I think Suarez has, has proved that he's got, you know, he's quite flexible. Um, but moving to the midfield, um, I think a lot of our ability, you know, to um, to control the game, which we did for for long a long time, 
was down to the role that Shaka and Party um, had. Mark, what did you you think of that? Um, do you want to talk us through the that midfield axis? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Cookie's uh, quite keen, waiting for me to talk about Shaka. Me, me and him have, have various differences of opinion <laughs> on Granit Xhaka. Um, Granit Xhaka, had a, I thought he had a, a very good game today. You know, I, 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 I go back to, I think it was, it was James that said about uh, when uh, Fernandez caught him on the Achilles, you know, if if he was the sort of player that had made more out of that, you never know. But that's 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 not what Xhaka does. You know, he just gets on with it. He played really well today. He was neat. He was tidy. Uh, played some good passes. Uh, strangely, party I thought was that's probably uh, one of the weaker games that I've seen him play for us in terms of his passing. You know, I mean, he had one lovely break that he made um, in the first half where he, you know, he he eased away from the midfield and he just kept going basically and it, a bit of a bit of a poor shot at the end of it but um, yeah his passing seemed really off today and he played a lot of uh, misplaced passes that went uh, went astray and, and he got caught he, he's one of those players where he's going to try and break their press uh, by by dribbling through it uh, at times and he's good enough to do that but you know if he gets caught he's kind of like in, in and around that sort of 30 yards from the box so it's a bit of a risk, and you know there was at least one of those where he done it. Um, so I think they did they did well. I don't think they had to be superb. I mean, I couldn't for the life of me. I, you know, when you can quite clearly see McTominay's got a bad case of the Spurs, why they left him on so long? Uh, that that was a very bizarre decision. Um, so I don't think you know they needed to do too much, particularly in that first half. Um, second half, of, of once McTominay had got off and they brought Pogba in, it was going to be a bit more difficult for them. But I thought they both played, both both played. Both played really well, but Party. I think if Party had stepped up, and you know, and we'd have had Saka uh, and uh, we'd have had Tierney, I think we'd have won that game. Um, yeah, I've got no doubt on that. But um, yeah, just just a bit, just uh, just a bit unfortunate. Party didn't quite seem to have the passing today, but Xhaka played really well. How's that, James? Was that was that okay? Yeah, bang on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, are you a Shaka fan, or which one of you is, and which which of you isn't, or are you both? James, James, James um, rates Xhaka, and and I understand why a lot of people are doing that. I personally, I, I I don't think he's good enough to play for Arsenal, but you know, it's 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 a debate that, that people can have. And uh, Xhaka's put in a good performance today, and and that's when he proves people like me wrong. And he's just got to carry on doing that, you know, for as long as he gets the chance. That's all you can ask of him is to carry on trying to do that. He's I think it's when he plays games where he doesn't try and go forward, that's when he, he really struggles. When he wants to go forward and he's playing forward passes and, and coming forward with the ball a bit more, he looks a much better player. But when he's playing, like I really worry sometimes when he plays with Elneny because I just think that just encourages him to be far too safe and then that's not, that's not really his game. Uh, but he did well today. James, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, I think Jack, uh, you know, his first couple of seasons, he, he didn't really make things too easy for himself. He didn't make it easy for people to like him because he made so many stupid challenges. You know, got a few red cards, lost the ball in dangerous places, considered a couple of goals, a couple of penalties. Um, and like I say, didn't make it easy to like him. But he's a player that, you know, whether it be under Wenger, Emery, uh, Lundberg, Arteta, he's always remained a constant in his Arsenal team. And I think if you were to take him out of Arsenal and put him into say, Man City instead of Rodri. I still think he'd excel in a team like that. I think he's a very good player at what he does. And alongside someone like Party, I think he's playing his best football this season. And 28 years old, he's in the prime of his 
his footballing career. And, um, you know, he's made no, he has made one stupid mistake, that red card he got earlier in the season. Um, but apart from that, I think he's been very solid, very consistent throughout. And he's actually playing the ball forward like a hell of a lot, a lot more than I've seen from him in, in previous years. And uh, I think he's a key, key part of our attacking play. And just, yeah, um, he's the first name on the team sheet for me in a minute. Right. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I've I found, I found that you know it's the quiet, it, it's the, the 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 not glorious things that that these guys seem to be doing quite well, which is you know so party would you know he's he's had some loose passes. Same with Rob Holding. You know you can criticise him for the one or two loose passes. Leno had a couple of clearances in the last game, and this one went straight into touch. You know those things they stick out because they're obvious, but for me, um, it's it's those little you know, the, the unspoken things like being in position, making the intercept, just being in the right place for that cutback, you know, being, you know, as, as a defensive unit. I feel that there's a lot of things that we're obviously doing well that are, um, you know, that we haven't conceded. I mean, I think we've got, have we got the best, or one of the best um, defensive records right now in, in the league. And I think, you know, where before I used to get really anxious when there was a lot of pressure and we did, there were times that I felt we dropped off a little bit too much and soaked up a lot of pressure. But, um, you know, in general, I felt like I, I don't feel that same sense of panic that I had in those kind of Pete Mustafi years, um, even Louise and stuff. When, when there was a lot of pressure, you just felt like, you know, something was going to give. Um, how do you, do you um, what do you put that down to, Merv? Is that, is that coaching? Is that something that Arteta has managed to bring to the team? I, th I think it's coaching. Um, I think that they have uh, worked out uh, or designed uh, a way to defend that plays to the strengths of the players who are in there. Um, Luis, on a day like today, is a leader. He, he, he drives forward. He can organise. He tells people where to be. Um, it, it, the, and I think, you know, United did put a lot of balls into the box. There are a lot of... There were a lot of times in the second half uh, and towards the end of the first half where the ball comes in, you think, oh, it's going to be a ricochet, there's going to be a... Uh, but but they dealt with everything. And defensively, um, I think they're a lot stronger. And, you know, the the, the, the full-backs have changed a bit. Uh, you know, Hector's missed a couple of games. Obviously, Tierney hasn't been there. Gabriel was there doing well. He was then out and then stepped back in for a game and then out again. So there has been some rotation, um, but I think that it's a very solid back five. I think going to a flat back four has helped them to an extent because they they take a different shape. You know, once, once they move forward in possession, the shape changes. Um, but I think that, 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 that they are defending, I won't say properly, but they are defending the way we would want them to defend. And they are the second best, in terms of goals conceded, the second best uh, in in the league at the moment, and I think yeah. a lot of it's probably work on the training ground, um, and actually having. I think for me, there's been a big difference, obviously, since the the Christmas kind of shake up where the team kind of changed the next day um, for Boxing Day, and it's kind of we've been on a bit of a roll since, except for the um, the cup game against Southampton, where we maybe slipped a little bit back to the kind of team and performance that we saw before Christmas. But I think this is all part of the new kind of second half of the season way we're approaching things. I think they were getting a bit bogged down before. Uh, people didn't... I'm not sure that the, 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 the pe pe people were coming in, a team was changing, and I'm not sure everybody knew what their best position was. 
And I think they need that dynamism. I don't, I, I agree. I didn't think Thomas Partey was, was as good today as I've seen him. And it might be he's not match fit. It, it might be um, he's only really just come back after an injury. Um, but even so, there was a dynamism. Granit Xhaka, as, as James and Mark have said, played his role. He knew where to be. He knew what to do with the ball. And I think that helped the, the Partey driving it forward a bit more, obviously helped us push on to them more. And I think, you know, good defence starts in the middle. It starts in, well, it starts with the attack, effectively. But I think the pressing was good today. I think uh, Lacazette put in a shift. And I think that all that helps. Yeah, um, we've been a lot more comfortable playing out from the back. Um, Mark, I, you must have noticed that progression since since the days of, <laughs> you know, because a lot of teams are doing that. But, you know, we've there have been some pretty hair-raising moments. Um, now that, you know, I've, I've watched a few of these you know, of us playing out from the back and I've been pretty impressed. I mean, how, how easily we've managed to, you know, to, to break out of a high press and Manchester United did press, press us quite a lot today. Um, is there a question? Yeah. I think no. so. No, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a tactic that, that worries a lot of fans, particularly when we first started doing it because we, we weren't particularly good at it. You know, when, when uh, Leno got injured and Martinez came in, Martinez seemed to be particularly adept at, at, at playing that. You know, maybe he was just better with the ball at his feet than uh, than Leno was. Um, you know, and that was one of the big pluses when Martinez came in. But uh, no, they seem to have settled down to it a bit more now. There's there's less scary moments. There's still the odd one now and then. Um, but the good thing is that they don't just permanently stick at doing it. You know, sometimes they will try and and break the press by by going a bit longer and going over the press. So it's nice to see that we'll mix it up rather than just being too focused on it. Because I think at one stage we were just continually trying to do it, even when it wasn't working. And and I know you've, you kind of, you know, pra- practice makes perfect and there's no better practice than a match match itself. But, you know, there comes a point where you've got to think, think about what you're doing and is it actually working and maybe you need to just rethink it. But no, they seem to be doing it pretty well. Um, and I think it does help that they've they, the, the back four has been a lot more settled as well as as was said earlier. I think you know there's there's less chopping and changing except the ones that are obviously forced upon us. Right. Um, we supposedly have a set piece coach. Um, I'm not sure that I've really seen the benefits of it um, this season. We had some interesting. We had quite a few set pieces around the edge of their box, James. Um, you, yeah, just give us just give us your rundown on, on those set pieces and, and the players lining up for them and how, and how you thought they went. I mean, um, they had varying degrees of success, didn't they? Yeah, I think um, not just attacking-wise, but defensively, we seem to be a lot more adept at um, tackling set pieces, which is something I've always been worried about us uh, coming up against because we, we seem to have seen so many goals from corners, free kicks in the past, and that just, just doesn't happen anymore for us, thankfully. Um, but going forward, yeah, it's good to see we've got a bit more of a routine and we're actually putting better corners, better balls into the box on occasion. It's not all consistent, but something that's been really poor for us, you know, ever since I've been watching Arsenal is our corners. They've never been particularly good. Um, but now we seem to have a bit more of an understanding, a bit more of a plan with these corners. It's not just throwing it in the box and hoping that someone gets ahead on it. I mean, that first, I can't remember if it was a free kick or a, or a corner, but where Louise headed it back across goal and all it really needed was for someone to tap it in. Um, brilliantly worked. Brilliant, brilliantly worked. We can nick, nick, yeah, if we can nick a goal, 
in these type of games where, you know, there's going to be a few half chances for either side. Set pieces are going to play a big part in us accumulating points when we've got tougher games along the road this season. So, yeah, if we can um, if we can build on these the, the good uh, foundations that we're getting on the set pieces, then, then, you know, hopefully it can do a big reward for us later down the line. Yeah, Lacazette um, had a great free kick. Um, it just seemed very nonchalant, <laughs> but it was well-placed. Uh, you know, it came off the, off the post or the, or the crossbar, I think. Um, but it definitely had um, De Gea beaten. And then there was, um, you know, at the end of the last game, I think there was a free kick. And um, no, the game before, I think it was in the FA Cup. And I think Pepe had it and, you know, it was in the last dying moments of the game and kind of blasted it over. And Suarez kind of had a similar thing today. I just, I do feel like there should be some, like there needs to be a percentage, like in, in moments like that, when it could change the entire game, there, see, there should be some kind of percentage play that, that keeps, you know, like keeps the pressure on and doesn't just relieve it completely. Um, you know, so, and you guys probably agree. Um, there's not a lot else I think that we need to discuss, but um, I was just wondering, you know, the, the commentators on my um, channel, I think had given David Luiz as man of the match. Um, who is your man of the match? Um, I, I would probably go with Luis. I think he was solid. He was leader. Um, there was nobody. It was the kind of game. Had we scored one towards the end and won one nil, then uh, the, yeah, like as that's free kick gone in, then he'd have been man of the match. Um, uh, but I think there were some very good, solid performances. Um, uh, covered the fact that you know two or three of the players who've been very good for us recently weren't weren't there. Um, but I would have thought that in a game like that, in a goalless draw, the, 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 you know, the, the, the I suppose the central defensive linchpin of the home team, who's kind of leads and kind of you know, instructs every, everyone and puts himself on the line when needed, um, as I, it tends to get the man of the match award. So I wouldn't personally quibble with that. Um, I could, oh, from Twitter, I think a few did. Yeah. Right. Marks, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with Merv to a certain extent. I think there were a lot that you know. It was one of those where it was a, it was a good, solid team performance. I think anybody stands out that much. I mean, you could, to, to be honest, if you're giving it to Louise, I'm not sure why you couldn't give it to Holding because I thought Holding played really well uh, alongside him. You know, and won, you know, virtually every ball in in the air that he needed to win, which he carries on doing. And um, you know, his passing, he he he, he hit one really poor pass that, that I think went out for a goal kick. And then two minutes later, he hit the really nice one for Lacazette that, that, you know, Lacazette took down. And I think that was where we got the free kick from. So, you know, Holding had a good game, but they, they were all pretty solid. There were a few people, I think, you know, just kind of got away with it. I mean, Xhaka played, Xhaka, as I said, Xhaka played well. Um, I think Bellerin could do, could possibly do better. Um and, and Cedric, Cedric was good considering he's playing on the other side, you know, and he's up against Rashford. He did quite well. So I think it was just a good team performance. So I think it's one of them ones where you don't really need to worry too much about who's man in a match. Right. Yeah, I think everyone put in, in a pretty good performance. James, do you agree? Same? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think the, the best thing about this performance for me and what's been great about the other performances is the players like Pepe, like Cedric, coming into form. I mean, everyone frying off Cedric before he'd even really kicked the ball for us. And I think he's proving what a good and useful player he is. I mean, when you compare how 
poor, frankly. Ainsley Maitland-Niles was at left back, and when you put in Cedric, who's not not a left back, and he's playing very, very well there against you know top players in the likes of Marcus Rashford, um, came up against the top players in the game against Southampton. Uh, very, very useful player to have in the team. And yeah, just to, to echo everyone else, David Luiz, I thought, was um, top draw tonight. He's a player that I didn't want to start this game. I wanted Gabriel in there instead, but he's made me eat my words. And yeah, really, really good from him. And yeah, no, no complaints at all from me, really. Yeah, it was a, I think it was a very solid performance all around. Um, you mentioned Maitland-Niles, which um, is today the last day of the transfer window. Is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. 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 So there's been some transfer talk, um, in, mostly about outgoing and loans. Um, Obviously, um, <laughs> I'll let you discuss them. But you know, three players I was thinking about was Mustafi, Maitland-Niles, and, and Nelson. And the Mustafi one's interesting move. Twitter's been quite funny of late. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I particularly like the um, the Liverpool fan sites who, who uh, genuinely seem to think that they're, they're going to start scoring from free kicks again when he joins. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah, is one of those players that the and I, we're not here to chew over the last three, three or four years. But but yeah, you know, there are times when I think you know what he's solid. He, he he's playing good form. You know he, he puts himself on the line and, and then he'll just do something and you think oh, the clown um, come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it, it it wouldn't surprise me if he was to go to Liverpool because Klopp knows him. Klopp tried to sign him apparently about ten years ago or something. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. He goes there, he gets Champions Medal, and, and, and it, 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 it happens. Um, the, the Maitland Niles one is odd because I was a bit, I was um, WhatsApp chatting this morning to the guys I sit with, and I said I was a bit concerned about that, mainly because he's a young guy who's been with us all the time. He's an England international now. Yeah, you know, he stepped up in some big games like the cup final and semi final and stuff. Um, it's a shame, but you know the general thought was: look, he just doesn't, you know, particularly the last couple of times when he's been on uh, as left back, um, he's not really looked that interested. And I think he wants guaranteed playing time. And at the moment, it, 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 I don't think he can get it with us. So he's been linked with West Brom, is that is that right? Is that... Uh, West Brom and Southampton. Uh, okay. There was a. There was a tenuous link with him to Manchester United this morning, but I don't think that was Maitland Niles. Yeah, I think that was that was somebody on Twitter, kind of like trying to stir it up, trying to get some followers. And then um, recent Mark, did you hear anything recent? Nelson is possibly going out and learn somewhere. That that would be pretty good. I think the Reese Nelson. I don't know what's gone on there. To be fair, you know, I mean, I know he's he's had a few injuries and that, but he just doesn't seem to be able to get a look in at all. So um, I think that, you know, clearly Arteta has either already made a decision or the club needs to, to make a decision and, and get him out. He needs to at least go out on loan for the rest of this season. He has to go out on loan. There's just no point in him being at the club at the moment. He's not, he's not developing, so it's no good for him and it's no good for us. So he needs to go out on loan, uh, as I would probably say Joe Willock does as well, you know, particularly now we've got another... Yeah creative midfielder in, I think we can let, let Willock go out on loan because he needs to be playing too because, you know, odd minutes at the ends of games, he's not going to do it for him. Um, if, if we didn't have the Balogun situation, I'd do the same with Eddie. I'd, I'd send him out somewhere where he can play and give Balogun his minutes. But I think, you know, the, the whole thing around Balogun just means that's not going to happen. Um, 
Yeah, Maitland Niles is, is a is a is a weird one. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much into how the guy looks. He, he he's always looked like that. He always looks like he's a stoner to me. And um so I wouldn't base too much on that. And I thought it was a bit harsh the other day. You know, he come back and he was playing left back in a flat back four, uh, and he and he had he had a pretty ropey game. Um he, he did, but you know, that that was that was that it's hard to just come in and play. Uh, when you're not getting games, so again, I think with him, maybe it's just that he, he's his his time at the club is maybe done. And look, we know we need to raise some money, so I think you know we need to we need to get some players out on loan, get them in the shop window. I'm a big fan of lending players to clubs that you want to do business with. So you know, I think Southampton, I I I, I wouldn't send um, Maitland-Niles to West Brom. What's he going to learn off a of Fat Sam? Uh, and they've got no one we want, so sod that. Southampton, I'd say, yeah, you know, loan him to Southampton and see if at the end of the season, you know, they want to keep him, he wants to stay there and um, take James Ward-Prowse and then, you know, James Ward-Prowse can be the first name on the team sheet instead of Xhaka. Um, and, uh, you know, send, send, Nelson to, send Nelson to Norwich or Eddie to Norwich or something. You know, they're, 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 their sort of um, progress for the, for the, to get back promoted is, is sort of started to falter a little bit. Maybe they need something fresh. Send them out there and, again, use them maybe at the, in, in the summer to, to try and get Buendia if we still were interested in getting him. So, um, yeah, I think we need to – we just need to cut some of these guys, get, get some of these guys out on loan because it's just – it's not doing them any good and it's not doing, doing us any good either. Yeah, we have a lot of players that have just, um, well, you know – probably 10 or so that just seem to play such tiny roles and we, we, we've got them on salary, we've got them, you know, sitting on the bench and that kind of energy that surely has to kind of, um, it can't be great, you know, I'd much rather, I'd much rather have a leaner, meaner squad with like maybe 15, 16, 17 people that we use consistently, you know, and then maybe like a bit player that we bring in for injuries or somebody comes in and covered. But I think that we need to find our best team, you know, our best team and a half, and kind of stick to that. And I think that's what's given us these great results over the last, you know, um, few games is that we found something that works and and kind of stuck to it. Um, and I think we need to do that going forward. So we've got some uh, difficult fixtures ahead. This one was obviously, um, I think a draw is pretty, is a decent result. I mean, you all agree. I think um, considering the injuries and all that stuff, if we'd been offered that before the game, I think most of us would have. In those circumstances, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, who have we got next, James? And do you want to just um, tell us yeah, what you think? Um, yes, I mean, so we've got Wolves up next, uh, which, you know, away from home, the uh, always looks like a yeah, really, really tough game. Um, but I think given the way Wolves have been playing, I mean, they're so out of form. They lost to a very poor Palace team today. I mean, a poor Palace side that we drew against. But nonetheless, I mean, they, they <laughs> lost today. And uh, I think it just shows... How much they're they're missing him in there? He plays such a crucial role in their everything they do going forward, and losing him has really curtailed their season. So, um, as bad as that's been for them, I think we've got such a good opportunity to go there. And you know, if if we've rested team, rested Saka um, for for today, it means we go to Wolves and get a really good performance and a really good three points with those two back in the in the eleven or at least in the team. Then I've uh, you know I've just completely justified the team selection today. So. I, Hope that's the case, and it will make tonight's point look an awful lot better. Um, but I think we're definitely, you know, have taken a point tonight if it means we'd get three against Wolves. But um, yeah, I think that's definitely a very, very winnable fixture for us. You have a prediction? 
prediction. Uh, I'll go 2 0 Arsenal. 2 0 is good. Merv? I was about to say 2 0. Um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite confident. I think the, the the Villa game after that might might be might be tough. But having said that, you know Villa are, are, are inconsistent at the moment. I Is that away move? Villa away. Sorry, I haven't looked at the sheet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Wolves away. Villa away. Leeds home. But we've got a we've got a week off between Villa and Leeds, and other teams have got FA Cup ties that week. So <laughs> what uh, is that <laughs> yeah, we, we should be fresh for Leeds. Uh, and then we've got City as our next game. Um, but then the Europa League starts. And I, <coughs> as I, I've said on an earlier point, I'm, I'm quite keen to prioritise the Europa League. Yeah. Um, although, you know, if we can carry on with this run of, you know, you know maybe top five or six isn't out of the question. I, I feel like the season is strange, um, you know, strangely unpredictable. I think that's... You know, if we're like a couple of points behind Tottenham and they've been like, they've had the smoke blown up their arse all season about how fucking awesome they are. And, um, you know, we're a couple of points behind with like maybe our worst season in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, that's always, you know, makes it interesting. I, I think we have a, I think we're in with a chance of maybe making Europe like the hard way through the league. Um, but you're right. I would love to win the European I Cup. Think, I think to do the, the to step on with the rebuilding we need, I, I think we need Champions League next season. It's possible through the league. And the Europa League won't be easy because, yeah, forgetting everybody else in Europe, there's no <clears throat> Spurs in it yet. Um, but I would like, you know, particularly if we're going to loan out, you know, Nelson, Willock and players like that, um, making Niles, we, we, we're pretty much either going to have to throw it or we're going to have to play a strongish team. Well, I think we're at that knockout stage. We're going to have to just play our, our best team anyway. I'm sure that, you know, you know the kids are not going to be getting any um, gimme rubber duck games, you know, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, they need to go and get, you know, play somewhere else. And Mark, uh, Wolves, your thoughts? Um, no, I think as Cookie said, it's, it's a tough game, but they seem to be going through uh, a rocky phase at the moment. So, uh, you know, I think now's probably as good a time to play them as, as ever. Playing them away without their fans there is um, is 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 easier. It's one of the grounds where I think it is easier to go without the uh, without it being an away game with fans there, as we proved last season. So that will that will help us, I'm sure. Uh, and just have to try and go there and do what we've been doing. You know, be solid and try and you know try and try and play our game up front. And uh, I'm sure we can come away. I'd probably go two one would be my prediction. Um, James James is just keen on those clean sheets. He loves a clean sheet. Does James. Clean sheets are good. We've been yeah, we've been pretty good with clean sheets compared to last last year. Um, I think I'd go with um, yeah, maybe three nil. Yeah, nothing like a little bit of um, overconfidence. No, I think you know, I think if we can get if we can get those players back, um, I think we're gonna we're gonna get better as the season. I mean. To Merv's, to Merv's, yeah, to Merv's point about the Europa League, I think if we want to get in the Champions League, I think we have to win the Europa League. Yeah. I don't think we'll make top four. I just think we've left ourselves with too much to do. And as 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 weird a season as it is, and our teams keep dropping points, I just think that there there will be four teams that will get more points than us. Uh, so I think top four might be too much. Um, it'll only go Europa League for next season would only go to sixth place if someone in the top. Four wins the cup, 
so you know we, we've we've kind of which is normally what happens but yeah we've got to, we've got we've got to try and get to i think six and fifth is, is minimum really it's what we've really got to try to i just think four will be too much yeah so I, still think, I still think we could you know I, I feel like i'm being overly optimistic here but i think in such a topsy-turvy season where you know the likes of Burnley, at being Liverpool, at Anfield. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to finish ahead of Liverpool, but there's so much inconsistency in this league. And if you look at how things have gone going into this year, we're one of very few teams that's actually showing remarkable consistency. So if we can keep that up until May, which I think is going to be you know massive, massive ask. We're already losing players like flies at the minute, but if we can do it, I think you know the margins are so so small. If we can do it, I, I think um, just got to put a run together and you know come April May. If we're three, four points off, then, you know, it could, it could come down to the last day. I really think we've got a squad that I can believe. I really think we can do it. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. I'm just starting, you know, I'm just, uh, I think that might be a little bit of your heart over your head there. But I just kind of think even with the weird season it is and like you saw Man United, I mean, who'd have thought Man United were going to lose at home to Sheffield United and, uh, as you said, Liverpool lose at home to Burnley. You know, they, they, there are some weird results being thrown in there. But I think there are some teams that are probably having less weird results. And and whilst we've done we've we've done really well since uh, since since Christmas and that, I think we've I think we may have just left ourselves a little bit too much, uh, a little bit too much to do. You know, particularly considering a lot of teams have got game in hands on us. Yeah, Depends what they do with those games in hand, obviously. But if we are able to beat, say, a Leicester away or a City at home, then I think I'd, I'd be able to back what I'm saying a bit more. But if we, say, play City at home and we get battered 3-0, then that probably bring me back down a lot more to reality. It's just from what I've seen recently, where we played so well and we're showing that consistency. Just, to, you know, results like today, even though we've we've not won, but we, we've turned up, we've played really well, we're just seeing a team that's actually showing all of the, the things that we were missing so, so many weeks ago. I think just bringing that all together... Getting a big win over the likes of City or or Leicester away, a result like that, I think it could really um, put us in the right direction of getting a top four finish. I know I know it's a big big ask, but I think just one result like that could change things. Mate, you got yeah. me believing now. I'm believing. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know what? As much as I mean, as much as we've all been criticising him the whole season, if William and Pepe start to shine and produce the kind of things that we know that they are capable of. If, if, for instance, they can build on the last couple of performances that they've had, yeah, then we're not going to look at a lineup and go like, Jesus, Arteta's, you know, why is he putting those guys on the, on the team sheet? These, you know, rejects, whatever, like the old guys, give the youth a chance. I mean, if we can find that balance that we should have on paper, um, I think, you know, that, you know, we could, we found our groove and I think that groove could get, you know, deeper and deeper and maybe more um, effective. Touch wood. Uh, let's yeah. hope that, that's how it works. Well, guys, um, thanks so much for joining me in this pub. It's a pleasure. And, um, it was great to have you all. And um, you will all be around in the next couple of games. So um, hopefully catch you on the rebound. Yeah. Um, the Arsenal. Good night, guys. See you later.